Hey babes, Small Business Center Smith Falls, Lanark County, Leeds, Grenville, and OB Boss Babes have had a long time partnership over the years that we thought, let's take it up a notch and start a new series together. I'm so excited to announce our newest Boss Babe Corner series with Small Business Center, where we chat all things business and entrepreneurship. Because getting your business started can be very challenging, but it can also be very rewarding. But let's be honest, it's a new world we're navigating and it seems lonely when you don't have the guidance or mentorship to help you along. But that's where Small Business Center comes in, offering confidential business advisory services to small business startups, as well as provide ongoing support for existing small businesses. The Small Business Advisory Center is a free business information source designed to point entrepreneurs in the right direction, whether they're just starting out or growing their business. And I'm here to chat with local Lanark County startups all about their journey into entrepreneurship and what they really face behind the scenes. Let's hear how these babes found their niche and what gave them the push to launch their biz. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Boss Babe Corner meets Small Business Center of Smith Falls in Lanark County. The Pie Bar is a small batch bakery located in Westport that provides modern baked goods using traditional techniques and unique flavors tailored each season incorporating fresh local produce. Products among the fan favorites include sourdough bread, fruit and custard pies, croissants, cruffins, and extra large cookies. Oh my goodness, my mouth is watering. So without further ado, let's bring her in. Please welcome Stacy Blair from the Pie Bar in Westport. Hello, everybody. <laughs> awesome being here. <laughs> well, thank you, Stacey, for being a part of the podcast. Now, when I was doing my research, I found out that you are formerly a structural engineer by trade. And mm -hmm. I know your kids are a little bit older, but I hope that I can make this reference and it'll mean something to you <laughs> that that was what Daddy Pig was from. <laughs> so true. <laughs> We're in that era right now. So like, as soon as I read it, I was like, move over Daddy Pig. Cause yeah. Stacey, you know, like women can be in uh, a structural engineer too, but you reluctantly slipped into the world of baking during your maternity leave back in 2013 and I read that it was actually your husband who taught you the tricks of the trade first because he was on the hunt for some tasty baked goods this is very true <laughs> I uh, I was home on maternity leave with our first daughter in 2019 her name is Olive um, and my husband um, he was very uh, pushy to say you know, for lack of a better word to um get me to bake him some, some goodies every day. And at this point I had never baked a day in my life. I was 27 years old and had no interest in baking. So I reluctantly put on my um, apron and I started learning how to make muffins and cookies and banana bread. But he was the one that taught me how to make pies because he used to work in a bakery uh, when he was growing up, uh, like in high school. So yeah, he, he kind of got me started in baking. And he was like pushing you too a little bit to get out of your comfort zone, Stacy, because he was coming home being like, hey, like, you know, what else are you doing all day? And you're just like over here raising kids trying and keeping keep the, the house alive. clean. <laughs> yeah, sorry that I'm trying to like pull out all these, all these moves to make some good baking for yeah. you. My yeah. husband's the same way though, but I you know, we we stick to the Betty Crocker brownies and oh, that's funny. <laughs> or yeah. like store-bought stuff. Or I come to people like you, Stacy, to do it for me. And then, you know. Happy husband in that in that capacity, happy kids. So share with me, though, your story of how you went from learning these traditional recipes to falling in love with baking, Stacey, and becoming a full-on 
baker owner? My my story has a lot of twists and turns. So there's there's a little bit of a story. Um, but like I said, I didn't bake until I was 27 years old. Um, as a little little bit of a background, do you want a background? Yes, tell us. Okay. So a, a little bit of a background. I was very academically minded uh, growing up to the point where my mom was super lenient on household chores. Like she would be like, well, you have homework, so go work on that and I'll do this. So I, I never baked or cooked. Um, and she knew that school was important to me. So she let me focus on that. Um, but so in 20, uh, sorry, 2007, and I earned my bachelor of applied science degree from Acadia university. Um, and in 2009, I earned my bachelor of structural engineering from Dalhousie university, and then jumped right into my career right after that. Somewhere in there, I fell in love with a boy from high school who then brought me back home because I grew up here. Um, and then uh, we were married. And in 2013, we welcomed our daughter, Olive. And then, like we said before, at that point, uh, my husband was kind of pushing me to to bake and I didn't know how to bake, but I kind of took on the challenge reluctantly. So I started baking muffins and um, muffins, cookies, banana bread, like the easy stuff. I did start to make um, some loaves of bread. Once I got over my fear of yeast, it was for some reason really scared me <laughs> at the time. And I drew a lot of comparisons to engineering um, and baking. So there was like researching, experimenting, calculating, design, structure, iterations, patience, success and failures. So like there was a lot of lot of parallels to my career in baking, which I never would have would have thought. So I I really started falling in love with it at yeah. that point. Yeah. <laughs> now, Stacy, once you have determined that you want to pursue your passion and you start going down that path, you need to narrow down your niche. And it can be a little difficult, especially being a baker, because I could only imagine that you want to focus on selling only a few specific items at the start. So did you initially start out just baking and selling pies? And how did you grow and expand the pie bar to include pastries and baked goods while also learning how best to resource your advertising and marketing efforts? So when um, when I actually started baking and actually started really enjoying it, I started uh, an Instagram account and a blog called 27th and Olive. So 27, because I'm 27 at the time, and Olive was my only child at the time. And I documented all of my kitchen trials on there. I didn't really start with the idea of baking to sell to people. I kind of wanted just to document what I was learning. Um, so I did that for a long time, not a long time, but a few years. And I, within a year, I had gained 100,000 followers on Instagram on, on that uh, page and was recognized by Martha Stewart. <laughs> So what? Yeah, I, I know this. Wait, you caught the attention of Martha Stewart? That's insane, yeah. Stacey. That's so cool. Like, I was like, oh, my life is complete. <laughs> I love how you like just slid that in there too. <laughs> wow. Um, before I started thinking about a bakery, I was blogging. I had I had like sponsored posts from from lots of big countries or, or countries, uh, businesses around the world. Um, so that, that's kind of where I got my start and where I learned more about social media and, and Instagram and like and blogging and things like that. Um, so to answer your your question, I did in 2015 after the birth of our son Henry started 
only selling pies because that's what I was like my big thing that I could make and everyone was talking about my pies so I started selling them in 2015 just around holidays um, I would sign up for like Easter Christmas Thanksgiving markets and that was it because um, I was still working my engineering job so I went back to work after Henry and then I had Penny in 2017 and that's where I felt like I I was having a shift in what I wanted to do. Um, so I ended up taking an extended leave from my engineering job um, and I signed up for a weekly market. So I'd never done something every week. That, so that was my, kind of like my big jump. And that's what made me expand from just pies because I quickly realized that pies were not something that someone would come to the market every single week and buy a pie because it was more of a party celebration dessert type thing. Um, so then I decided that it was time to start incorporating a more well, sorry, well-rounded um, bakery menu uh, for the market. So that's when I started including sourdough, focaccia, uh, French pastries, tarts, cookies, those types of things. Stacey, I want to revisit our conversation about you leaving your full-time job and going all in with your business. Now, I know that you said that you took a leave of absence to allow you some time to process and determine if this was something that you were going to do and go all in. But I just need to know like your thought process throughout all of that, because sometimes I, I think to myself, could I do that? Could I leave and go all in? But I just don't know if I would have the financial capacity and security to be able to do that. We also have a growing family just like you. And it's just, I don't know. I don't even know what the perception would be from, from family members. And so I just, I'm so curious, like how you went about that. Um, I was still thankful and am still thankful for the job that I had there. Um, and then I enjoyed what I was doing, but I always felt like I was driving to work and sitting in my office by myself. And my mind would always be back home in the kitchen with Olive on the counter helping me bake. So that's when my my perspective really started to shift. Um, and then over the years, I continued working in Ottawa, um, also building our family and uh, doing the, the sideline hustle that that everybody knows. Um, so commuting that far and being away from my children for that long, for the majority of my day, I found that the thought of living that dreamy bakery homestead homestead life was very present on a daily basis. Um, so it took it took a while and a lot of factors to to really make that jump. A lot of factors went into deciding to take the extended leave. Um, our family was of course number one and now with at that time I had three kids at home who needed their mom there so that was mm -hmm. that was top priority um because it just it wasn't really working for family life and work life it was it was a lot so that was one factor um I was the breadwinner for our family at that time so that was really scary to think about just taking a leave and not going because I was I was making the most money at that time um, so that's always a, a huge factor in deciding to leave your job. Um, and then the big one was, well, what if this doesn't work out? What if I leave? It doesn't work out and I'm stuck. What am I going to do if I leave, leave my job? So there was a lot of discussion and, um, 
but I had a lot of support eventually. <laughs> eventually. I like that you touched on that, Stacey. Yes, because yeah. it's not immediate, right? Especially from from friends and family when you're having those dinner table conversations or in passing. Because I know even for myself, like my my mom, like really reiter- reiterates to me a lot of the time, like, you're, you're not going all in with your business, right? Like you're, you've still got like your foot in the door because I'm at the same place of employment that my parents retired from that they had started in their twenties. And so I'm kind of following in their footsteps in that regard. And so like when my sister who went into entrepreneurship, um, I mean, that conversation was really difficult for her to have, especially with like when you have close family members who have that expectation and societal standards as well. Right. Stacy, like the nice thing about today is that you have so many jobs to fall back on. There's so many opportunities. It's not like our parents' time when you went to that same job and you retired from that same job. There was no movement. And that and that's kind of what I grew up knowing. Like my parents have worked the job their entire life. My mom actually just retired. Um, but that's what I grew up knowing. You You start your job, that's your job. And that's what you're going to do until you finally make it to retirement and then you can live your life. And I have learned thankfully earlier that life is about living and you shouldn't be slugging away at jobs that aren't bringing you joy. So instead of just trying to put your time in to get to retirement, why aren't you doing something that you enjoy now Mm -hmm. while you're living your life? That's it's it was a hard it was a hard um discussion. The the hardest part about leaving, like thinking about starting a bakery and taking a leave was talking to my parents about it because they were the ones that had been invested since the day I was born in my career and always pushed me to do my best, be what you want to be, but you know, an, a university degree is is a, probably a pretty good idea. So and like they they helped pay for my education. So the hardest part, I think, for me was telling my parents that this is what I wanted to do and making, helping them understand and believing in me because I'd never baked in my life. So why do I want to start a bakery? <laughs> Were they surprised too and been like, wait, Stacey, you never baked growing up. You never baked at home. Like, are you yeah. sure that this isn't just a passion project? Like, yeah. But I have that camaraderie with you because when I first started this podcast, because I was so interested in hearing entrepreneurs' stories, I would always say, well, what did your parents say? Because like that was that mindset. It's like, and and people would be like, they'd look at me and say, well, Holly, like I didn't care really what my parents said or they were supportive. But I'm like, well, not everybody has that. Not saying that my parents aren't supportive because they are. Yes. Not saying my family in general is not supportive, but- that expectation. And when they pay for, for your, your schooling, when you are thriving and doing really well in your career, and then suddenly you, I say this in quotes for people who can't see me, throw it all away yes. for a risk, but everything we do is a risk, it's right? True. But it's you're, true. oh, you're so right though, Stacy. <laughs> like, what are we doing then if we're on someone else's schedule, on someone else's time? We're yes. not really living our life because you're taking your vacation when it suits your employer or if you have coverage right and if like heaven forbid i'd need to take a take time off for for a sick child or or something like that it's all you always feel the guilt towards your employer not like not living up to what what they are hoping or requiring of you so just yeah being being my own boss is is provides so much flexibility in my life and to go back to my parents they they were kind of 
I know they were they were shocked and surprised and probably had to, to sit down and, and think a bit and probably thought that I would just go back later at a later date. Mm -hmm. But now, like my mom is the first one to help load up the car and unpack at markets like she is there helping me keep everything clean. She's just retired and she's asking for the dishwashing position in the bakery. <laughs> so love it. She's she's all on board now. She sees how much joy I bring other people and I think she she gets it. She she understands what I'm doing and and that it bringing joy to other people is what brings joy to myself. So mm -hmm. she's well, you just gave her a new retirement plan, something to do to keep her busy on top of all, looking after all the grandkids. grandchildren. That's right. That's right. Now, this isn't just a story about baking delicious pastries. It's also about the significance of investing in oneself for business success. So Stacey, when you went all in with your business, what changes did you all make and what did your business plan look like? And what were the first steps that you took in order to make the pie bar a recognizable brand? When I first started, I really didn't have a business plan and I didn't understand the importance of a business plan. Um, I, so like I said, I did do um, in 2019 when I took an extended leave from my job, I signed up to do a weekly market and I call that my proof of concept summer. So that's my summer that I really learned a lot about baking weekly, like all the ins and outs of of what is needed to to produce stuff and i find that this was this was the time that my my husband's eyes were really opened to okay well this i see what she's doing and and i see what she's bringing home and it might it might be an option so um the first change that we really made was um converting a drive shed at our home into a commercial kitchen because up until that point um, I was baking out of my house, which which is allowed for farmers markets. Um, but we we made the big change into um, building this commercial kitchen at our home, which is a nice ten second commute. <laughs> um, so that was uh, that was in September 2019, and then um, we yeah we started the work in September 19. Um, and then along came March 2020. Everyone knows what happens then. Um, my plan at that point up until then was to just have the kitchen and continue to go to markets. Um, but then um, COVID hit and we were forced to be home. Construction sites were shut down. My my husband is a, a, a business owner. He has a construction company. So we hunkered down and, and finished off my space. Um, and... Um, then that was so that was done in April 2020, just in time for all the markets to then be closed. So this is where I find my business plan really evolved. Um, we we sat and talked and tried to figure out what we could do because I didn't have a job. Markets were now closed. I was still on leave from my from my engineering career. Um, so we took the chance at um, doing weekly pickups right from our house. So I set up a, a quick website. Um, I really started using social media a lot more consistently. Um, and I posted that I was selling sourdough bread, cookies, and um, savory hand pies. Those were the only three things I was going to do. If I had five people show up to my house on a Saturday, 
that's great. That was our goal. And then by midsummer, I would have up to like 75, 100 orders from people driving from Ottawa to Kingston or beyond to come to our little house in Westport to pick up bread. And uh, so that's where I feel like my my business plan really started taking shape mm-hmm. because I was realizing that people are now going to come to me rather than me having to go to them. <laughs> Which is a nice break for you too, because as instrumental as farmers markets are, and all of these other different markets where you're where you're showing up and baking and and hoping people buy and selling out your goods, it's so much nicer when you can just have people come to you instead. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it takes a it takes a huge load off, and and just I mean, in terms of the setup too, Stacey, and everything that you've got to bring and prepare in advance, and again, like I said hoping that everything sells because then there's going to be those times where maybe you just didn't have that good of a day and no. you just didn't make as many sales. Yeah. True. It's I mean, no complaints to anybody that's receiving leftovers though. <laughs> it's true. Well, our, our, our kids are usually happy when I come over, come home with leftovers. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, after taking a quick glance at your social media pages, I can tell Stacy that you recognize the importance of marketing and leveraging the various aspects of social media to use to your advantage, which it sounds like you, you learned pretty early on when you started out, even before like this turned into a business, you knew about the importance of blogging. Obviously you did because you caught the attention of Martha Stewart, which by the way, like, how did she reach out to you? Like, did she reach out through and like to ask you for an interview or just slid in the DMs or commented? Like what happened? Yeah, I, I was sent a message and then she asked if she could share one of my recipes on her, on her main Instagram That's so page. cool. You should be like a little... as seen on Martha Stewart. <laughs> yes, right? Instagram bio. <laughs> it was a, a blueberry Dutch baby recipe that she shared. So recommended it, by Martha Stewart. You put that on there if you ever it share did. it again. You, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that's yeah, cool. You're, you're right though. I um I I kind of had a, a good background um leading up to starting a bakery. I already kind of knew how to build a brand. Uh, I've taught myself over the years the ins and outs of Instagram, but it's always changing. It's changed so much since I started using it. Um and yeah. So social media, I will say is what has built my business. I, well, it has, absolutely yeah. has. <laughs> it, it's all about, um, consistent imagery is, is what I have found is most important. If, if you look at my Instagram page, it's, I always take photos only a few different angles and always with the white backdrop. And it's always kind of like a light and airy feeling. Um, and, I find that my goal is always to have my images recognized before people actually see that it is mine. Like people will see a picture and be like, oh, that's that's Stacy's picture. That's her her baking before they actually see. Oh, yeah, there there she posted it. Mm-hmm. It's all about making people see a picture and knowing that it's yours before they actually see that it is yours. Um, Stacey, that is so important though. And I am just so curious where you learned this because not only was I shocked when I discovered that it's you and that you don't hire a brand photographer to take these photos, but it's really strategic in knowing that you have created a recognizable brand through an advertising and marketing lens on the socials, which a lot of times we as entrepreneurs, we have to learn that like somebody like a graphic designer or somebody that's, um, really business savvy or in social media, like they teach us that. Where did you learn that? You just knew? 
I, so it's, it's funny. I get, I get asked this quite a bit. I, I get asked who does my photos or like, I don't have a background in business or marketing. So how do I know how to put that stuff out there? But I, I joke that, um, Santa brought me a camera for about 10 years in a row when I was, when I was growing up. Um, I just, I had a passion for, for photography. So I, I have grown up taking pictures, um, kind of like, you know, slowly learning composition and lighting. Um, so it's, it's funny how it feels like to this point, all my worlds are slowly starting to collide for all, all the different, all the different ways that I've learned different things that are now being put to good use to market my business. So I did have an interest in in photography, I did take some some Photoshop courses uh, on a maternity leave once, just an online course. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just about being consistent. I find if you, um, yeah, just taking photos in the same spot or in the same way, people people really gravitate to that, and it makes your Instagram page look more curated if you, mm -hmm. if you want to say that so it's um I don't really know I can't pinpoint where I have got that talent if you can call it that it's just something that I was interested in and I've just worked on over the years on really making things look clean and crisp and yeah well because yeah. anybody can take a picture of a box of cookies anybody can take a picture of their cake and put it against a white wall and call it a day and, and throw it up on social media. But to have that eye and that knack to be able to take that cake or that box of cookies and really position it well, maybe against or uh, or on top of like a nice countertop mm -hmm. and then be able to like add the perfect caption, maybe add a filter. Now, do you filter your pictures? Uh, so I will do slight editing. I use um, just um light is it light shop like um like adobe uh yeah so i use adobe just on my phone uh i don't even transfer to my computer to to edit anything i just kind of increase exposure and and make it lighter brighter and like it's just a few quick edits on on lightroom and away i go it's not uh it's not time consuming it's just something that i've gotten into the habit of doing before i post things some people might get a little bit rushed. They'll take a picture. It's not looking quite as it should, but you know, let's post it anyway. That's mm -hmm. when it gets a little inconsistent. So I just make sure I always have the time to, to do a slight edit, nothing significant, but mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it does make a difference though, Stacey. And I, I hope that business owners that are listening, especially any bakers out there, um, take a nod from your books because that is what is driving that customer traffic to place an order, to slide in the DMs and ask if you have any left or to show up on your doorstep and say, hey, Stacy, like, did you make those cinnamon buns today? Like, that is what you want. And like you had said earlier, I mean, it's foolproof because that is what's driving traffic. That is where your revenue is coming from. That is 100%. If I didn't have social media, I I don't think I would have a business, to be honest. it's It's what is been driving all of my traffic all of, all of these years and I, I kind of joke I I'm based out of Westport but the majority of my customers come from like the Ottawa Valley not in Westport they come oh, from really? they come from Ottawa they come from Kingston I've done I I do a lot of I do all the the cheerfully made markets and that's yeah. where I've 
got um, more of an Ottawa customer base, but those people will now turn around and drive to Westport, whereas Westport customers are few, few and far between. So it's it's it just shows the power of social media and how posting a picture of a loaf of bread will get someone to drive an hour and a half to buy it, like to buy it. <laughs> It's totally true. And it's getting back to that consistency, the consistency piece too, Stacey. Like um, I packed up my family in the car two weeks ago when we drove all the way out to Perth from Patawawa <laughs> in a snowstorm to go pick up my favorite cheese. Because even though I can get cheese locally here or or just in Ottawa, we had to go to the Perth cheese shop. Shout out to Meredith out in, out in Perth because <laughs> I love her cheese and I love supporting Meredith too. And I mean, it's reciprocal. Oh. It goes both ways. But like my husband was literally like, I can't see where we're going. Do you really need this cheese that badly? And I'm like, yes, yes. I spent a hundred dollars on this cheese. We're not letting it go to waste. It is so fresh. It's going to keep me going for the next few weeks. Like people that are dedicated to you and your business and they, they like it and they enjoy it. And they have obviously like that customer interaction. People will make the trip a hundred percent all the way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot of people talk about just, especially during COVID um, when people would come here, like we, we live on a, like a little farm, we have chickens and, and we grow most of our produce and people love just coming here for like the atmosphere, it's kind of become a destination for people to get out of the city and come and watch some chickens run around and they wouldn't know about it unless, unless we had social media. So we, yeah. we get a lot of, a lot of people just coming for the experience and, and the feel and yeah. <laughs> now I want to shift gears a little bit, Stacy, and address food waste and implementing sustainable practices into your business, because let's be honest, we don't want any good food going to waste, but baked goods, they're a ticking time bomb with an expiry on the term fresh. Yeah, that's a big one. And it's a hard one for, for um, food businesses, especially going to markets. It's always hard to plan um, how much to bring. That is the hardest thing I think about going to markets with baked goods. So I, over the years, have gotten better at planning and understanding exactly what ingredients I need and the right amount. I, I've kind of stopped myself from going, oh, I'll just get an extra one of those just in case, because that's I think that's my number one food waster right there is the just in case I need it. Um, so I've gotten way better at being able to plan um, ingredients and, and shopping um, and understanding the size of markets. That's um, that's a it's a hard one. And it's still one that I work on all the time is trying to understand what to bring and how much to bring, because you never know. Food food generally is very a very good sell at markets, but you don't ever want to bring way too much and come home and what you do with it. So luckily I have five kids and a husband, so they are also very happy when I come home with some leftovers. It doesn't happen often. And I also am able to repurpose unsold foods like uh, sourdough. You can turn into croutons, um, croissants, stale croissants can be turned into almond croissants the next day. So there's, there's a lot of repurposing. I make, um, uh, chicken pot pie hand pies. So I, I will uh, roast whole chickens and then I'll break down bones and, and make the broth that I need for it. So I, so it's a lot of reusing, making sure you use all of um, what you're using. And I also, I also like to donate. Um, sometimes I'll have leftovers and I like to donate to some families in town that I know don't get the chance to, to splurge on um, 
some fancy baking. So, so at times I'll post, I'll have some extra things and ask if anyone can recommend who I can bring it to, to surprise them. Um, so that's another way. And then on the sustainability side of things, um, we have, we have been growing gardens for years. Um, and this year we actually, um, bought a large greenhouse so that we can extend our growing season. So we'd use a lot of the produce that we grow here in the bakery. So everything is pretty well grown here that I use. Um, and if it's not, I usually just source it from, from a, a local farmer for the most part. So, um, yeah, we grow, we grow our rhubarb, we have apple trees, uh, raspberry, blueberry bushes, strawberries, pumpkin patch, and, and all the vegetables you can think of. So growing things right here on our own property is, um, doing our small part to, to save our planet. <laughs> yeah. Now, business owners can all relate to Alanis Morissette's song, Hand in My Pockets lyrics, I'm broke, but I'm happy. And especially right now, because we are all broke, it's January, like we have no money left. And we pour so much of our own money into our business. We take out loans. We rely on those sales to pay for all of our expenses. We are all just getting by. It's true. <laughs> but if there's one thing that we want to take advantage of, Stacy, it's grant opportunities where you can receive funding for your business that you don't have to pay back. And you were smart when you discovered Small Business Center Starter Company Plus program and you, like me, were a successful grant recipient. <laughs> yes. So you're a business owner, you're a mom to five, and taking the Starter Company Plus program requires commitment. It takes research and it takes a lot of work, not to mention time. So where did you find the time, Stacy, to complete this program? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I always say that if it's important to you, you will find the time to do it. I, I, like I said earlier, I, I didn't have a business plan. I don't have a background in business. I don't have a business degree. I don't have professional training, color, culinary training. Um, so when I saw that this was an option that I could apply for and be part of this program, I kind of looked at it as a crash course in business 101 and I made sure to make the time. So yeah, life is busy. I find that busy people are always the ones that make sure to get it done and find the time to do it. So it was an easy decision because I could learn so much from it and I just found the time. It's I, I don't have a, a really strong answer for how I found the time other than I just made it. Yeah. I don't know how us business owners do it. It's like we have 24 hours in a day and somehow we still manage to make it into a 36 hour day. Like we <laughs> will find the time. We'll wake up early. We will run on four to five hours of sleep. Stacy, even more so for you, because I don't know how any mom does it with more than one child. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're going to be having three and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the clock is ticking for less sleep. We're already running on nothing, but there we go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you, you do it and you do find ways and you do make the time just like every person that uh, sends an inquiry asking about an order or wanting to play something, or if you know, you can squeeze in that last minute request. You'll make that time to do it. Sure. You need, you want to make that sale. You're going to make time for yourself to invest in the business. And the fact that there is a possibility, a really good one of getting some money to put towards your business that you don't have to pay back. That's exactly. always a win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
All right, Stacy. So why do you think that every business owner should consider taking the Starter Company Plus program as well? We have to end on a high note here. Yes. Um, I literally sing from the rooftops about this opportunity. It, I, As I kind of talked about earlier, I didn't really have a business plan. I was like flying by the seat of my pants from week to week. Didn't really have a direction. I've had to pivot a few times. Um, that famous word pivot. And this, pro this program provided a multi-week boot camp that I could walk through to create my business plan and cash flow. I kind of joke it was like hand-holding for, for business owners because we we sat, um, I think it was for, for two weeks, a couple, couple days a week. Um, they walked us through step-by-step step each section of a business plan and held our hand while we, we wrote it out, learned everything we needed to do, really got us to think about the path we wanted to take our business. Um, and without that, I, I wouldn't, I probably still wouldn't have an actual physical business plan document. It's, I, people say they, they do this program for the grant money, but I would have been thrilled to even not receive the grant money, but walk out of it with a business plan and a cash flow, um, cash flow plan for the future. Um, so now I have a, a working full business plan document that I can update whenever I want, but I have all the sections laid out. I know exactly what I need to do. My business now has a clear purpose, a, design, a defined path. If you have a business and you don't have a business plan, it's like driving through a strange country without a map. You'll probably end up going around in circles and you won't get to where you want to be in the end, but a business plan will help you get there because it helps define your path and it's not concrete. That's the best thing about it. So this program is what really, I think, defined my life as a business owner. It helped me see what I need to do, um, what I need to run my business, how I need to run my business. And then the grant money was the icing on the cake. <laughs> I cannot recommend this program highly enough. So if you guys want to learn more information about that, it's at smallbizcenter, that's B-I-Z-Center.ca. And I believe that the next session is going to be opening up sometime in the spring. So just keep an eye on the socials with Small Biz Center of Smith Falls, Lanark County area, if you guys are, if you guys are located in that area. Um, and you can get more information too, just by reaching out to Cindy James at smallbusinesscenter.ca as well. Um, Stacy, what is next for you though in business? It's still fresh. We're in 2024 here. We're in January. What's next for you and your business? What What have you all got planned? I, uh, I'm i hoping for a big year. So I um, we didn't really touch on it, but December 2020. So after I started doing um, my once a week pickups and it was a huge success, um, we welcome twins to our family. So since uh, since the boys were born, they're they're now just turned three. I've been slowly trying to claw my way back to my my once once a week pickup. So I'm I'm hoping to get that ball rolling again this year. So hopefully uh, we'll we'll be welcoming a lot more people this way. Um, we've started a um, maple syrup company a couple years ago, so we're just getting ready for maple syrup season. It also supplies all the syrup I use in the bakery, which is uh, a nice a nice thing to have. Um, so we're getting ready for that season. We have some events coming up for maple season, a lot of um, uh, first tapping and uh, a maple weekend. Um, but I do have some other big things on the works, in the works for my business. 
including I've, I've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but I am debating about a name change um, to more represent what I do because I'm not just a, a pie bar. <laughs> um, so that I, I'm hoping, hoping that will come this year. Um, so I'll have to do a lot of a hype in social media posts about that. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, Stacy. Well, it sounds like you've got your hands full in and, uh, and hands in a lot of different pots, which is just the way that we want it, right? Like always onto bigger and better and new things and, uh, and a name change, I think will definitely better serve you as well. Um, I think so because yeah, you're, sure. you're doing so much now too. <laughs> and congratulations too, with the success of the maple syrup business now as well. That's, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. To be able to source your own, especially that you're, you've got your, your garden in place and you're sourcing and tapping those trees. It's that time of year too soon. So good for you guys. Well done. <laughs> it's nice. What we're, I feel really proud of what we're building here. It, it's, uh, it's very, um, family oriented. <laughs> mm -hmm. I bet. Yeah, yeah. Nice to get everybody involved. Now, Stacy, as we close in on our conversation, I do want to ask you who is one local boss, babe, that's been really instrumental in your growth and development that's helped you on your own entrepreneurial journey that you want to shout out and praise. That would definitely go to Emily Arbor at Cheerfully Made in Elmont. If, if she didn't do what she does for makers like me, um, and all the, the big market she hosts, I don't think I would have a name for myself. I remember coming home from a, I think it was December, 2019. She held a Christmas market right before Christmas in Canada. And I came home and I messaged her and I said, I think you just proved to me that I can do this as, as like a full scale, full-time business. And, uh, she of course was very humbled about it, but, um, I, I think she was very instrumental in, in being an inspiration for me and really um, sharing my business and getting my name out there. So yes, Emily Arbor. <laughs> Wonderful shout out. Yes. Emily from Cheerfully Made. She's been so instrumental to the growth of so many businesses. Everybody knows her. She is so humble and so kind and so community oriented and Obi Boss Babes actually has a little bit of a sneak peek plan with Emily coming up later this spring. So everybody Yay. stay tuned for that because we might be <laughs> doing some fun stuff together. But anyway, Stacey, let's bring it back to you. Tell everybody where they can find the, the pie bar on the socials. Um, mm -hmm. If you are taking any orders right now and, uh, and of course your location, because, you know, I mean, if, can people just show up and see what y'all <laughs> got on the menu for the day? Uh, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the pie bar with underscores in between the underscore pie underscore bar. Um, and on um, Facebook, uh, the pie bar Canada, I think is is the handle. Um, I am located in Westport. Um, it's at our home. I don't really have any drop in things unless it's pre order pick up currently. Um, but you're more than welcome to message me. Uh, on Instagram for orders. I do them all the time. So if you're looking for something, just message me there. Perfect. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with me and be a part of OV Boss Babes podcast. Oh, it was an honor. Thank you very much. Are you thinking about starting a small business? Need help with questions on your existing business? Are you starting a business in the Lanark County, Smith Falls, or the north portion of Leeds and Grenville, Merrickville, Rideau Lakes, Westport, or Upper Elizabethtown, Kitley? If so, the Small Business Advisory Centre is here to support you, the entrepreneur. 
Their office provides confidential business advisory services to small business startups, as well as ongoing support for existing small businesses. The Small Business Advisory Center is a free business information source designed to point entrepreneurs in the right direction, whether they're just starting out or growing their business. Currently, all their webinars are virtual and free of charge. Are you ready for digital adoption? Take advantage of this free Lunch and Learn webinar taking place on January 30th. Or maybe you're interested in some cash flow forecasting and business planning fundamentals. Those workshops are taking place on February 5th. They've also got a bookkeeping 101 for business owners happening on February 12th and an introduction to the food and beverage industry on February 29th. Reach out to the Small Business Centre by phone at 613-283-0062 or email cjames at smallbizcentre, that's B-I-Z, centre.ca.